All right, here we go now with our weekly visit with Bill Thielman. Bill is a veteran BC political strategist, consultant, and campaigner. He is a former Vancouver City Council candidate, and I'm always grateful for his time. Bill, thank you for coming on today. Good morning, Mike. Hey, Bill, we started the show today talking about these net immigration numbers here to British Columbia. So this is interprovincial migration here. British Columbia continuing to lose residents to other provinces, primarily to Alberta. This has been going on now 15 months in a row. We're losing pe- more people than are arriving here from other parts of Canada. Bill, what's going on? Yeah, obviously, there are, but people are Alberta bound, as the old Gordon Lightfoot song yeah. <laughs> goes, because uh, they have some more, uh, they see some more financial advantages. And I personally suspect, and I'll be interested in hear what other people say, but I personally suspect a lot of it is to do with the high price of housing here in Vancouver yeah. and Victoria, but also in Kelowna and other places. And uh, I, I personally know friends who moved to Alberta. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm not ever moving to Alberta in Alberta in the winter, so I'm not, that's not going to happen, but some people are. Yeah, I think housing has a lot to do with it. I mean, if you take a look at the price of housing in a city like Edmonton, for example, right, buy a detached home for in the 400s, you could get a condo for under 200000 I mean, there's just no comparison, right, especially no. for a young family trying to break into a home. Is this a problem for, for British Columbia? Like, if you're, you, if you're losing young people, that's a problem, is it not? Oh, yeah, you do not want to be losing your young people. And, you know, yeah. my, my daughter and son-in-law uh, are in their 30s, and um, they don't they don't want to leave. They're not planning on leaving, but, you know, they know people as well who are looking, looking. Uh, you know, there's always uh, greener, greener pastures somewhere else. And uh, if you have the right skill set, and, you know, Mike, I mean, if you're anywhere in the resource industry or the high-tech industry or finance, uh, there's lots of call for jobs in Alberta, and you can go from one large city to another large city and save quite a bit of money. If you're moving Vancouver, Edmonton, Vancouver, Calgary, uh, you're going to be looking at some substantial savings in your housing costs. But, yeah. you know, uh, I mean, this I think it's quite interesting, and maybe it's a harbinger of what's coming, but it's not such a large number that I would say, oh, my gosh, you know, we're, we're, we're going we're gonna to be walking empty streets soon. It's not happening that way. Well, yeah, I mean, in the last quarter, it was like the net loss was 4,000 people, right, in a, in, a pro, in a province with home to millions. So, you know, it's just, you, you can tell it's the housing, though. I mean, housing is driving a lot of it. What kind of challenge does that pose for this David Eby government? I had Eby on the show yesterday. We talked a lot about housing. This is a government that's been very activist on the housing file. They introduced a, a ton of legislation this year on housing, cracking down on Airbnb, threatening to force municipalities to densify. Uh, Bill, what has this government got to do here to turn this around? Well, I mean, I think the, the problem, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day and this problem wasn't built in a day. It's going to take a lot. And, you know, we've already seen there's controversy. I, I personally disagree with some of the things the government uh, did in the legislature uh, this session. And, I, and I'm a new Democrat, so there's yeah. always things. But I think what, what most people would agree is that at least they're trying to do things and they're trying to move quickly to see if we can, uh, you know, break the logjam that we ha- logjam that we've created here over many many years is not uh, is not a product simply of this government. Um, it goes back. I mean, I remember when we were looking at thirty percent increases every year in the cost of of housing. It's just you know unbelievable for and, and nothing happened for quite a long time to address that. So. 
We'll see. But, uh, you know, and then the, the reality is we're in a world global city. Everyone says we want to be world class. Well, we're world class in prices for, for rent and for housing. And yeah. um, that's just, you know, there isn't a simple way to solve that. Uh, I think in the long term, we may end up looking uh, a lot more like London, which, as you know, and many of your listeners know, a lot of people live in council flats. Those are government yeah. um, built and run apartments and you don't own your own home at all. You, you rent yeah. from the government. Yeah, well, actually, EB told me yesterday that he wants to start building housing for the middle class in British Columbia. We're not talking low-income housing here. He says yeah, the government yeah. should be getting into building housing for people who are in uh, middle-income earners. And we got, we talked a lot about that yesterday. We also talked now, EB frequently attacks Kevin Falcon, his, one of his main political opponents here, not the only one these days, but leader of the BC United Party, because before Falcon got back into politics, he went back into the private sector and he worked for a, a real estate development company, Anthem, uh, Anthem Capital, which is affiliated with Anthem Properties. And EB frequently cites that and says, like, oh, this guy, don't, don't trust this guy. This guy's part of the problem. He was a real estate developer. Right, so I want to play a couple of clips here for you on that. I'm interested in your thoughts on it. Because I, I asked Falcon about that. I said, look, you were working in the real estate business here before you got back into politics. EB attacking you on that, saying you're part of the problem here. These big real estate developers. Here's what Falcon said to me. Imagine the horror of having somebody as premier that actually knows a thing or two about the housing sector. I mean, come on. Like, this is, they have never, they haven't spent, David Eby has not spent five minutes working in the private sector to understand how it works. Okay, so I played that exact clip yesterday for EB to see what he thought of that. And this was his response. He was literally l laughing at what Falcon just said there. This is David EB on the show yesterday. <laughs> you know, what are you going to say? I mean, he, he voted against reforms that members of his own party spoke out and said, what are you doing? Because these are actually going to bring on the housing supply that we need for people. I, I don't understand his perspective, and uh, and I hope British Columbians pay attention to what he says and what he's voting against. Okay, he's uh, referring there to one example is the the BC United Party voted against the crackdown on, on Airbnb, at least part of it. They wanted it to be not as severe on the crackdown on Airbnb. Bill Thielman, your thoughts? I think that there's clearly, I guess, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of amazed too, and I know you and Keith Baldry have talked about this. I'm kind of amazed at Falcon as well. I think, yes, you can make a point. I worked in the private sector. Uh, you know, you, you were a lawyer for Pivot, Mr. Eby, and I worked in the private sector, although, you know, Kevin Falcon was in politics for a long time. But I don't think saying you're a developer is really going to resonate with anybody in a high housing market and probably not even in a, in a low priced housing market because most people feel that developers are in it for themselves they're uh, profit over people they're they're not the kind of it's not the kind of job that people say oh you're a firefighter oh you're a you're a teacher oh you're a doctor uh, you know it's more like oh uh, you're you're one of those people who's making uh, my, my life and my kids life miserable so if i was advising mr falcon i would say you know come up with a better term at least and uh, it's also not like the development industry has solved our problems here in BC. They've created a lot of them. And so, I, I, again, I'm just kind of mystified. It, it just seems to me Kevin Falcon doesn't have, either isn't getting the best advice or isn't following the best advice on a, couple, on a number of mm. things, and that's one of them. Okay, well, he's in a lot of trouble right now with this split on the right here, the rise of the B.C. Conservative Party, and I want to ask you about that in a second, too. Let me play another clip here from E.B. on the show yesterday. We talked about the rising number of drug overdose deaths. 
Now, this is despite all the harm reduction measures that British Columbia has brought in, some of them very, very bold, I guess you could describe it, or unique in British Columbia, including decriminalization of drug possession. We're the only province that has done that. Safe supply, so giving addicts a, a pharmaceutical-grade, laboratory-tested opioid so that they at least they don't, if they're going to use anyway, at least they won't die from using street drugs. Now, I asked EB if he's still fully committed to these harm reduction measures here, given that they don't seem to be working, the number of overdose deaths going up. Here's what he said. I'll get your thoughts. What we're trying is uh, just about everything to try to keep people alive and get them into treatment. That's why uh, we put a billion dollars in the budget to expand yeah. treatment across the province. We're working with the Canadian Mental Health Association on 100 additional beds. We've got the uh, 90 beds underway at the Road to Recovery Centre that are operating right now. And we're going to have to continue to expand that infrastructure because it is a massive crisis and a growing crisis. People need that treatment and support. Okay, so a little bit more emphasis there on treatment, detox, recovery, talking about 100 new beds. I think the problem is a big, a lot bigger than that. Bill, your thoughts? Yeah, it is a lot bigger than that. And, you know, I, I, one of my clients is the construction uh, rehabilitation uh, industry rehabilitation plan. And so we're dealing with, um, in construction, as many people know, it's a very high level of problems between uh, drug and alcohol use, substance use, um, because a lot of uh, workers are injured and they and they take drugs to to mask the pain so they can keep working and then uh, get into addiction. So I, I, I'm yeah. familiar with this. I, whatever we're doing, we got to do way more of it. I don't. There's any question. I think the premier is acknowledging that there. But yeah, a hundred beds for the problem we've got right now is is not going to cover it off. I mean, we need a, probably need a thousand beds. Um, you know, and yeah. I'm not the expert on that part of it. But we need to be seeing some progress there. And I think, you know, we have a housing problem, we have a, a drug addiction problem, we have uh, we have a, still have a COVID uh, epidemic problem as well as all that. So these are really, um, they're really difficult to crack. I give the, I give David E.B. credit for trying. Uh, I think, you know, that some of the things they're doing are probably working quite well. But overall, I think there's a, a, a just a feeling people have of the, the things are getting worse. And yeah. that's going to be a real challenge going into a 2024 election if it becomes more dominant. Yeah, well, we'll see if he sticks to this uh, harm reduction agenda that the government's got, especially on decrim and especially on safe supply. That will be something to watch going forward in the new year. Let's finish up here, Bill, quickly with the, the political landscape in British Columbia. I talked to EB about that yesterday, too. This rise of this B.C. Conservative Party out of nowhere, and they are now second place in the in most opinion polls that you see the old BC Liberal Party, now BC United, back in third place. This is a big problem. If there was a, an election held today, I think EB and the NDP would win an even bigger majority here. Now, here's the, here is the issue of it. Would these two opposition parties uh, put down their swords and unite, okay, merge? You could do a merger here. BC United, BC Conservative. You could call it the United Conservative Party of BC. It, it's perfect. Now, I asked uh, Bruce Banman about it, BC Conservative MLA. Here's what he told me. We're, we're open to that discussion, um, be, uh, but, you know, i, I got to be honest. I think Kevin's ego is so big, he won't allow it. Okay, <laughs> going after Falcon there. Your thoughts, Bill? <laughs> well, Bruce Banman sure leave, leaving himself a lot of room to maneuver there. Yeah, <laughs> I'll negotiate with that big-headed yeah. dork. 
You know, I mean, that's really the way you approach these talks. L- listen, the, the model that everyone has to look at is probably the current Conservative Party that Stephen Harper put put back together along with Peter McKay back in the, you know, many days ago now. And the Conservatives had split. The Reform Party was there. And, and it took years and multiple elections and years for them to actually reunite and, and pull things together. And uh, and Stephen Harper was the guy who did it with help from Preston Manning. It it ain't a quick fix, and it's not yeah. something. And it's not something you can do easily and quickly. Everything I've heard from, uh, I mean, Falcons in the newspapers and and doing year-end interviews where he says he's he absolutely is convinced he had to throw John Rustad out of the caucus. So if he was thinking about it seriously, I don't think he'd be saying stuff like that. And Bruce yeah. Bandman's comments just now, I you know, I um, I think that there's much, and I think the thing is, it's easy to say if you put the two parties together, but I think that the Conservatives are appealing to a group of people who don't like the NDP and don't like the old BC Liberals or the new BC United. And I don't think that they're going to um, disappear. They're not a huge group, but they're significant enough to win seats. All right, Bill Thielman is my guest. Star 9898 is the toll-free number on your cell phone. Let's go to your calls. Mike in Surrey. Hi, Mike. Go ahead. Hey, Mike and Bill. uh, You know, your conversation about going to Alberta and a little bit of your talk about the Conservative Party's rise in B.C., I wonder if people are looking for just a more conservative approach to a lot of the problems we have, and that makes Alberta quite attractive. I've got friends that have retired that have moved to Sylvan Lake from Langley, and yes, they got all the, you know, sold their house for $2 million, bought a house on the lake for 600000 but what they found was they just felt that the government there was a little more conservative to how they approached things. They were still trying to deal with the drug addiction, but they weren't... Uh, pulling their hair out by giving everybody free drugs and and decriminalizing. And I think that's a big part of it. And I think that's going to work well for even Falcon. I think that uh, uh, people are going to start looking for more conservative approaches to things, and they're going to be looking for that party that might uh, take it. Okay, thank you for that. Well, I guess the rise in public support for the B.C. Conservative Party here in our own province may be evidence of that, but I have a feeling that most people who are looking to move to Alberta are doing it for economic reasons. I don't, I'm not sure they think much about about politics on it. Maybe some do. Bill, your thoughts? Well, I... <laughs> If you're going from John Horgan and David Eby to Daniel Smith, uh, I think I think there'd be have to be some really strong financial incentives because I, I don't think people are looking for a. Da- I mean, you know, I think over here a lot of people would say Daniel Smith's kind of wacky, and we know, you know, not everybody battle, not everybody would there say was a that. Battle Royale in Alberta, and all of Edmonton and almost all of Calgary went NDP. So if you're urban, you voted in the or you have an NDP uh, MLA in Alberta. So I don't think that's it. But you know, Mike, one other point that came out of all these studies. BC did have a net international migration gain of over 66,000 people, 66,000. So we are actually having a net increase in our population by 3.2%, but it's almost all from uh, international migration. Immigration. Another area of of controversy, which I think is driving our housing prices up. And what do you you think of that? Because you often hear people say, well, we should... We should dial back some of these immigration numbers. That's exacerbating the housing crisis here. The federal government shows no willingness to do that. No, I, I well, I totally agree with those who say we have too many, and one of them is Rav, Ravi Kalan, our housing minister uh, yeah. in BC. We have too many immigrants coming. We can't sustain this. And you know, you 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 can't add a uh, hundred thousand people a year to BC and then say, 
okay, you're going to find housing here, no problem. And when people who are already here can't find affordable housing, and then you just keep making the problem worse and worse. I mean, there's no question if the if you keep increasing the supply of immigrants, the the demand for housing okay. is going to go up, and the prices are going to go up. Sean in New West, you got 30 seconds. Sean, go ahead. Hey, when you're a conservative person living in Vancouver and you see all the dysfunction, Alberta is a very nice place, in my opinion, because they stand up to the progressive agenda of the Trudeau government. There's a lot of things going on right now that I don't agree with. And it seems like Alberta's like, no, that doesn't make sense. So would that be enough for you to actually move there? Well, you know, there's a lot of benefits as well, like the taxes and no PS, the no PSD and the cheaper houses. Yeah, you can't deny, you can't deny that. Thanks. Thanks for the call. Bill, thank you for coming on today. My pleasure, Mike, and Merry Christmas to you and your family, and uh, I hope we have a great holiday.